do 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 Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. This comes to us from Jordan Maywood. Next up, we have Jordan. He's going to tell a joke. Got an answer for Jordan Maywood. Yes, Wood May. Hello, this is Penn Gillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. Eh, I'll ring an endorsement, I guess. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical LibroCuberless. This show is like a journal where I talk about all the things my brain has consumed so they don't just sit up there and slowly drive me, or perhaps quickly drive me insane. You may not have consumed some of this same media, so please be warned of that possibility. Last, but least, in an idea stolen from John Gabrus, no H and John or Gabrus, I have offered for you to be this, the deal that I'm going to say now. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, rate the podcast, this one, five stars in iTunes, and I will read just about anything you put in the review. Easy peasy, Socrateasy, I will now push a button that will start a series of five uh, five minute timers like this pushing. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, <laughs> ready to review some things. Today's movie monologue sponsor is... I can't believe it's Margarine Sculpture. Thank you for that sponsorship. Movie the first is The Fast and the Furious. Yes, we are going to, as I believe I have mentioned in the previous episode, uh, watch all the Fast and Furious movies. As I like to do, sort of have a movie franchise on the go... Uh, it seems to be good for podcasting purposes. Uh, this is a little special in this case for the reason that the missus will be joining me in this endeavor of watching one Fast and Furious movie a week for eight weeks. That is two goddamn months. Uh, there will be uh, a break there for Fan Expo, of course. Uh, but still, that is quite a time commitment. We will see if she follows through because uh, she does uh, the fa this this first movie. I will say is one of her favorite movies of all time. She's seen it uh, enough that she was quoting lines from it as we were watching it. Uh, no doubt gives it a five out of five. Uh, uh, Paul Walker is probably in her top, very high of sexy sexy men. <laughs> so, you know, there's that as well. Uh, so, you know, that's that's where she's at. Uh, for me, my sort of reason that I wanted to do this is I've seen the first one. I'm pretty sure I've seen the second and maybe Tokyo Drift. And then I kind of stopped watching them and didn't really care. But 
you, if, if you're at all interested in movies, you will probably have heard good things about more recent Fast and Furious movies, just in terms of crazy, over-the-top, action-packed, blockbustery, r- ridiculous but fun movies, and and those are the type of movies that I like. Uh, this first one doesn't really have that yet, but uh, you can see the potential how things can brew. Um, my rating wise for the first one, I'm not a huge fan of it, to be honest with you. Uh, it doesn't really do a lot for me. Like I'd probably go like a three out of five, uh, whereas the misses would probably be closer to a five out of five. I have a feeling and we'll see if we can make this prediction that as the movies go on, my ratings will go up and hers will go down. (laughs) So maybe we'll meet somewhere in the middle. You don't know. You don't know. Uh, movie the second, Butter. As in, you know, Butter. Yeah, uh, this is a comedy from 2011. Oh, isn't that interesting? Uh, it stars uh, 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 Jennifer Garner, Ty Burrell, uh, Kristen Schaal, uh, Phyllis Smith, um, many others. Uh, what's it about? It's a probably easy gonna fit in the sort of uh, 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 dark comedy category, which uh, I always enjoy, but maybe I enjoy more on Sundays. I wonder if that is a true statement I could make. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, you've got Olivia Wilde, Rob Corddry, Alicia Silverstone. I hadn't seen her in a while. Uh, Hugh Jackman. Uh, sort of fascinating after running off all these names uh, that this seemingly flew under the radar, at least in the terms that I never heard of it. Um, but I feel like with dark comedy, sometimes that's the case. They're hard to sell. Um, if you look at the poster for this movie and for a lot of dark comedies, it's, uh, a poster that has the faces of most of the people in the movie. Uh, and that to me is actually usually a good sign. Uh, usually when that happens, it means it's going to be a a good movie going forward. I, I wonder what that uh, sort of psychology is there. Uh, anyways, uh, rating wise, geez, I, I'd go like a solid four with some some good dark five out of five moments in this. Um, I'm not even going to go into the uh, description of the movie because I don't have time, as I see on my timer. Uh, next is American Anarchist, uh, the story of one of the most infamous books ever written, the Anarchist Cookbook, and the role it played in the life of its author, now 65, who wrote it at 19 years old in the midst of the counterculture upheaval of the late 60s and early 70s so uh yeah this is a very interesting documentary uh and you probably if you're like me will go back and forth between thinking this guy is being preyed upon in this documentary just in terms of trying to make him seem evil uh, and, and then other times where you think, man, maybe he is a, evil is such a stupid word to use in this case, but maybe he is evil. And then again, you'll go back, um, to, to think, you know what, he's 19 years old. Sure. He did a thing that turned out in hindsight to be stupid and cause a lot of death and destruction because that is something they have much evidence of in this movie. Um, and he can look back at that with regret, 
but he was 19 and a stupid kid and now he's 65 should his whole life be ruined because of something he did at 19 sometimes there's things you do when you're young that can have that effect that far-reaching ruin life ruining effect um, sometimes maybe it's a good thing um, but you get the impression in some scenes that he is a good person sort of deep down and he's living a life that is beneficial to the human race right now uh, so should we dredge up things from when he was 19 and try to punish him for it and then other times where you feel like he hasn't suffered enough when they're the maker of this documentary whoever's doing the interviews seemingly like a little jerky almost trying to catch him um make him say i'm sorry i guess i i, I don't know like that's a, that's a good thing about this documentary i i feel like you'll go back and forth between what you think of this uh of, of this character so uh for that reason let's go with four to five okay uh last but uh not least or least probably least yeah maybe <clears throat> Uh, Sandy Wexler, which is a Netflix-created comedy from Adam Sandler, because he does that a lot. Uh, yeah, they're usually pretty bad. Uh, the reason I uh, tend to, I guess, like them is because, uh, as I mentioned very often, I will play video games while watching movies. So, uh, with a dumb movie, which this is... Uh, your attention doesn't need to be on the screen 100% of the time. When you take a dumb comedy that's two hours and ten minutes long, uh, a lot of that you're going to be able to focus on whatever video game you're playing. So for that reason, I'll give it a higher mark. Uh, that being said, uh, like, are, is, is there people who can watch this, watch these Adam Sandler-style Netflix created comedy movies and say these are these are good movies just from a like like literally this is a good movie do, do people really say that I feel like no but they fill a niche which you know that's good right that's good right uh, okay, so from a, a movie perspective, it gets like a one or a two. From the niche that I'm using it for, it's like a friggin' four out of five, man. Convoluted ratings at their finest in the Libro Cube. Today's television talk sponsor is Dick Jokes. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, got a definite sad one here. Uh, saddest television talk ever? Possibly? Potentially? Maybe? Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and throw that out and uh, defy you to prove me wrong. Uh, not often, but it has, I'm sure, happened. Uh, shows I have spoken of in television segments on this podcast over the years have ended. Uh, never has that ending of television shows hit me so hard quite as the recent, from my perspective, ending of the television show At Midnight. Uh, it was a show that... Uh, well, you know what? I, I wrote a little blurb, a little thing, and, and, and it's not often that I read things on this, per se. 
But uh, because uh, my love of At Midnight was so strong, uh, I sort of wrote this, tweeted it, posted it, Facebook, that, that, that sort of thing to try to get it out there. Uh, whether that happens or not, only 600 days will tell, I suppose. Uh, uh, hashtag goodbye at midnight, I call it. Um, I could count on one hand with a few fingers missing the number of shows that are currently airing on television where I actually make a point of watching every episode. One of those shows I've watched before I go to work every morning, four days a week since October of 2013. That's over 600 episodes, around 13,200 minutes, uncountable laughs to start my day when starting one's day is not usually a laughing matter. At Midnight perfectly exemplified one of my general life philosophies that existence is usually a horrible piece of shit. So, if you make the effort to, as much as humanly possible, inundate your brain with comedy, you cannot help but feel like maybe things are actually pretty goddamn okay after all. I love so much about At Midnight that it's easier to say the one thing I did not like, which is that I never won a Hashtag Wars, despite my Twitter feed being filled by almost nothing but. With that in mind, I have decided that, with the help of a Reddit user, thank you, uh, who compiled every single Hashtag Wars from over the years, I will auto-tweet At Midnight every night for 600 days my own personal examples of each of the wars in the order they aired on TV. I hope others will, when the mood strikes, tweet slash reply at Jordan underscore Maywood with your examples so we can keep at least this small chain alive for a little while. At midnight, hashtag R-I-P. So, um... I'm about uh, 450 some odd in. Uh, I should probably have in the next week or so the rest of the 600. I've already started posting them. I posted the very first one uh, the same night that the last episode aired. So um, if you're familiar with my occasional hashtag wars and uh, just tweets, uh, you will know uh, that's the this show has sort of had a a very strong spot in my heart. And to be honest, I don't know what I'm gonna do every morning now. Uh, to start your day with laughs, I feel is like in just an incredible thing, and not something to poo poo. So uh, what I used to do, I remember in pre hashtag ors uh, at midnight. Uh, 2013 was watch uh, television, uh, but I didn't always watch funny, and I, and I think maybe that's something that I'll make a better effort to do, or perhaps, mm, uh, well, this is something I'll have to think about. Uh, regardless, uh, if you are following me on Twitter, and I hope you are, I guess, sure, why not? You could follow worse people, I bet. Hitler. Uh, I, I'd love if uh, people sort of uh, followed along and for the next uh, 600 or so days uh, tweeted me their examples of each night's hashtag wars just to sort of uh, keep the ball rolling a little bit. Why don't we? Why?
Today's book banter sponsor is the Life Node Rejuvenation Clinic. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, if you're following along, you will know we are talking Darkness, which is book number two of the Corian Chronicles by L.E. Madison Jr. M-O-D-E-S-I-T-T Jr. is the author. Uh, an author who I've read a shit ton of uh, books by this author. However, I don't know if I've ever actually heard someone say uh, the name out loud. So uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. So I mumbled and then spelt it is what I've done. Uh, I should let you know that next book banter, I will have book three for the reason that I finished it today at lunch, um, which is problematic from the sense that uh, now I have book three so, so strongly in my brain that uh, remembering things from uh, book two may be difficult. Uh, so what I've done is opened up the Amazon page for this and see if anything jumps out at me. Because as it stands now, I'm having trouble differentiating between the two books. Uh, so it's the second novel, Following Legacies, Destroyed the Purple Gem. Okay, so we've got uh, the main character, Lucius, <laughs> Or, as I think I mentioned in the previous talk, uh, if there's a difficult, not that Aleutius is, but relatively, uh, if there's a difficult name in a fantasy novel, particularly of the main character, I will usually, in my brain, shorten it. So, whenever I saw Aleutius, I was always... I would always shorten it to Al. So, the main character of this crazy fantasy novel, Al. Uh, he's destroyed the purple gem, as you do, destroy gems, uh, that was giving uh, one of the bad guys in this realm, bad girl, I guess specifically, power. Uh, why is that cool? Uh, because the destroying of the gem opened up sort of what was just a cool... Uh, almost war-like uh, novel that took place in a magical realm. It, 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 it opened it up to more where the character could do crazy magic things. Now, uh, I've mentioned this before uh, when it comes to fantasy or books or primarily books. Yeah, I was going to say media in general, but no, primarily books. That when I read, it's to escape from reality. So... Uh, the fact that fantasy is my favorite genre, uh, it's because that escape from reality is so much further than, say, a fiction or even a, a, a light fantasy or a light sci-fi. Uh, you're really digging deep. So, uh, in, in this book, uh, Al, let's call him, uh, is much more exploring the magical powers he has because he was born with them they never and i will say this even to the completion of the third book they never really get in exactly why he has these powers other than it's something that the people that he is a part of the herders uh sometimes have um they they almost never have it as strong as him uh in the past this this magical ability uh, was found infrequently and less strong. Uh, so the fact that he and then his wife uh, will also have it 
is unusual and and it means that he is able to have a strong uh, sort of footprint on the world in terms of uh, his interactions with people like the 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 girl whose uh, crystal he destroyed uh like the um uh what's he called like the uh, lord protector uh, that, that's one of the the leaders of the, one of the main forces uh who he's got a bunch of interactions with as well that was kind of cool because uh picture a realm of sort of there's like three or four uh, different people fighting with one another and he despite being one of the most powerful uh, is never really he, he's never really in charge like uh, he could probably with the powers he has at his disposal uh, just take over one of these realms but he's always sort of uh, willing to take the back seat willing to uh, fight for one of the other people uh, just for the hope that he can co go back to his normal life. So uh, it, it's always very, very strong that he is put into these positions not because he wants to, not because he wants power, uh, but because he feels that uh, fighting these people, uh, righting these wrongs is the only way he can get back to his quote-unquote normal life of a herder. So I like that. Uh, five out of five friggin' love these books so far. The Darkness recommends. Game Gabin. Today's Game Gabin sponsor is the Asimov Robot Butler College. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, continuing on, as predicted, with Oculus VR stuff. Uh, yeah, so uh, ever since I got this uh, Oculus VR, or virtual reality headset, uh, I am still working my way through uh, free stuff. Uh, I should mention that actually, was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday, uh, my first sort of paid-for game... Uh, because it was on sale on Steam, uh, it was the Batman VR. Uh, Batman VR, I knew it was something I would eventually get, but uh, a lot of the reviews I saw said it's amazing, it's incredible. If you like Batman, you're going to goddamn love it. Um, but it's like $20, $25, uh, and, and the experience is not long. So it's it, it's amazing but maybe the price tag should be a little less. So when I saw it was, uh, I think, almost half off on Steam, I, I picked it up. I haven't played it yet. Uh, when I do, definitely I will bring it back and talk about it. Uh, maybe in next game, Gabin, we will see. Uh, but right now I, I get a few, uh, a few more of the free experiences. And uh, let me underline experiences there because... Two of them are not what I would call games, uh, so much as movies, short films, virtual reality, short film and a virtual reality movie, or I guess you would call. Uh, and, and I did mention in my first Oculus talk that I would probably throw everything Oculus related uh, in Game Gabin, just because I feel it sort of makes sense. Uh, like, for example, uh, Alteration, it was called. Well, sort of a this this really crazy short film, uh, where they, the, the they use perspective, uh, they use 
artsy fartsy <laughs> it's the most artsy fartsy thing uh that i have uh, experienced i think so far to tell the story about a man who's uh, and it was very confusing which is often when you're gonna go uber artsy fartsy often the confusion will come with that uh a man who's sort of in an experiment on his mind so you're traveling through his brain and experiencing his past and memories from inside his brain and someone is in there with him trying to stop these memories uh, very very confusing but i i think so amazing uh that you can forgive the confusion because you are seemingly in a person's brain <laughs> uh and, and what i said about uh perspective was pretty crazy because there was times where uh he'd be like say lying down in bed and that would be like right in front of your face as if you were hovering above him or there was one scene where uh, all the trees and ground were at the side so you were like seeing things from the wrong perspective and it's sort of very very strange and cool uh that was alteration it was called uh next is mayubi uh that one i think has been termed like the first vr movie almost uh i will admit i haven't finished it um i wasn't getting so much vr sick as uh you do need to take breaks from vr and i started this thinking it would be another short little experience experience and then after about half an hour in there realizing man this thing is pretty long uh so i think maybe i had 15 minutes to go uh the whole thing's from the perspective of a, a little robot given to a boy on christmas and you're sort of seeing things from the robot's perspective over the years as he's turned on and off so f fascinating idea uh, fascinating as well that it was from Funny or Die, which uh, is sort of mind-boggling for several reasons, that they're in the VR space creating full-length movies, movies, and also it was never really funny. <laughs> so I guess it was more on the Die side. Uh, yeah, I kept expecting punchlines because I knew it was from Funny or Die, but none really happened. So for that reason, uh, it, it didn't blow me away. But it, it, it showed... It certainly showed some potential. Well, let's put it that way. Uh, last but most is Rec Room. Uh, I could have done a whole game cabin to Rec Room by itself, I have just realized. Uh, so uh, basically you're in a high school or a college, I guess, since you have a dorm. Yeah, okay, so let's say it's a college. Um, and then you can like, uh, you're not a stick figure, but you're like this disembodied body. Uh, with like a head and arms uh, and you can like walk around talk to people uh, the people that you can talk to are actual real people who exist in the real world uh, so this is again something very much showing the potential for these sorts of interactions um, <clears throat> and then there's various things you can do uh, various rooms you can go into to uh, uh, do sort of different activities so there was uh, paintball I think that was my favorite one and I, I definitely want to go back and check that out again because I was I was getting pretty good at it uh, it was like a capture the flag uh, paintball uh, there was uh, charades that one was weird uh, you're like draw it's not really charades it should have been called like Pictionary uh, because you're like drawing in 3d space 
try to get people to say. Uh, that one was a little tough because my teammate was, oh shit, where was he from? I think he was from Denmark, so a <laughs> little bit of a, a, a language barrier there, although I, I, we did pretty good. We only lost by one point. Um, then what else was there? There was like a one where you have a sword and uh, people are coming at you. The only thing I didn't like about, there was two sort of fighting ones where you're going from point A to point B and things are trying to attack you. One with swords and one with guns. Uh, the only thing I didn't really like about those is one hit and you're dead. So, uh, that wasn't very fun. I, I'm, I mean, like someone could come up to you and revive you, but, uh, it felt very, very punishing. Like, uh, one hit and you're dead seems unfair. I don't know. Uh, then there was, uh, dodgeball. Yeah, I wasn't very good at that one. Uh, there was, like, a pong sort of one. Uh, what else was there? I, I think that was most of them. Anyways, uh, definite a lot of fun. Uh, the paintball particularly, uh, sort of showed me the potential of what a first-person shooter can be like. Uh, the sort of fascinating thing about that is if you've ever played VR, you will know that there's potential for, uh, motion sickness. One way around that is to teleport. And by that, I mean, so you'll point your hand, uh, at a spot and then push a button and then you'll teleport to that spot. So, uh, that offers sort of cool, uh, shooter things. So like I'll teleport behind something so that I could shoot the person in front of it. That sort of idea. Yeah. I was getting pretty good at that. I must say, and maybe it was just because, and this is something else I sort of found in my VR travel so far, uh, a lot of kids, <laughs> like a lot of little kids, uh, twice, uh, within about probably an hour, two separate kids, uh, saw that I had a gun that shot confetti and came up to me and said, gimme, gimme, gimme. So of course I had to say, gimme, gimme, never gets. Don't you know your manners yet? <sighs> so like I'm the oldest one in VR, apparently. I don't know. Still, rec room, five out of five. Cool stuff. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is the Google Deep Learning Comedy Algorithm of Butts. Thank you for that sponsorship. Uh, first, but not f last, <laughs> uh, James Adomian on the Todd Glass Show doing an Andy Kindler and Eddie Pepitone impression. Yep, I, I could just leave it at that. Full stop. Um, Todd Glass Show, I, I feel like I hadn't brought it back in a while. Uh, so when James Adomian was on, uh, who, oh shit, you know what I could say, actually, totally unplanned. Uh, James Adomian, you will perhaps recognize from the top of the show. Uh, yeah, the opening credits, he's in there. He's uh, the one that uh, is doing the impression of, oh shit, what? It's like a California guy. Uh, it says, yes, would may. That guy. That's James Domian. Oh, there you go. Uh, his impressions of Andy Kindler and Eddie Pepitone. Like, first off, who has an impression of Andy Kindler and Eddie Pepitone? Probably just James Domian. But they are freakishly spot on. Uh, just incredible. I, I just realized I should have pulled that. 
from the episode and done something on YouTube with it, as I like to do from time to time. But I am getting lazy with my VR uh, calling me all the time, so I haven't really done much in the way of that lately. Uh, okay, so next, moving on to uh, a yearly occurrence that I... Jeez, I wonder... Well, it must have been from when did i start this podcast 2012 so 2012 or 2013 i have been bringing this back every year and that is comic-con uh sorry california on colon comic-con and he has been doing it for nine years so uh, it's uh, like quite a few of them i have brought it back here to talk about uh if you're unfamiliar this is Cassim g uh internet funny man well, I don't know if he would like being called an internet funny man. Just a funny dude in general. Uh, we'll go to Comic-Con uh, and talk to people in his uh, hilarious interview, I Don't Want to Be Here fashion. <laughs> he had a really good interview with uh, Jessica Negri this time, who I will actually be seeing uh, in less than a month, actually. So uh, perhaps I will get to talk to her about that interview where uh, she was in a hot to dog costume and then he was in a hot dog costume because why not why not uh okay next is oh yeah recommend Kasim g in general if you see him on things in the internet but uh comic-con ons are, are sort of the, 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 always the best always the best comic-con coverage is from him despite seemingly him not wanting to be there uh, next is a damn Harmon talk at Google. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, it was not something I subscribed to, but, uh, every once in a while I'll add things from, uh, uh, you might be interested in this feed, whatever that's called. Uh, and this sort of jumped out at me. My first thought was, man, how much did he get paid for this? <laughs> uh, there's that thought, but then there's also that, uh, I bet you Dan Harmon's the type of guy who, if Google asked him to come talk at Google, he would have said yes, just for the experience. In fact, I think he may have actually even said that in the interview, that uh, when the experience is part of the reason why he agreed to come and talk about a little bit of everything. They really, uh, the girl doing the interview, I think, did a great job. Uh, they ran the gamut from Rick and Morty to community to... Uh, the thing about him, and uh, the missus sort of sat and watched it with me for a while even, um, you can ask him something, ask him a question that, uh, 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 let's say a normal person uh, would take a couple, you know, maybe a minute to answer, and 20 minutes will have passed and he will still be going on. Just an incredible brain on that man. Uh, the man who may, I have had this theory, be my father. Yes. He may be my father. The amount of things we have in common is eerie. Uh, at the very least, uh, a clone. Yeah, because I don't think the age would work for fathership. Uh, okay, last but not least, uh, Battlegrounds gameplay everywhere. Yeah, geez, everyone's doing this uh, all over the YouTubes and presumably the Twitch, although I don't go over there very often. I'm playing the, the video game Battlegrounds, and i got to say... I'm thinking of uh, hopping on board. Looks, it's still in early access, and I try to avoid that. But uh, what it is, is a uh, picture a, uh, a game where people are gonna fight and kill each other. So n nothing sort of new there. Uh, but picture it on a sort of giant map where everyone just sort of uh, is parachuted in. Uh, still pretty cool idea. 
But then where I think this game has shone is creating a new gameplay element, uh, which is sometimes all it takes. Like, you could take this gameplay element and toot it on over to a Call of Duty game, I, I think, fairly easily. Uh, and, and that element is the map will periodically shrink. So it'll start as a giant map, and then every... You could probably determine how long you want it to happen. Every, let's say, five minutes... Uh, there'll be a circle on the map that uh, the map will go down to that size. Uh, and it's sort of a last man standing thing. So I, I think these things get huge, like 50 people playing at a time, uh, whittled down to one. Uh, I've watched a couple of people just because it's really, it is really good gameplay. It, it, it is really exciting to watch, let alone I, I can't imagine actually doing. I don't know if I'd be good enough to actually win one. Uh watch someone go from on a giant map down to a little map uh he won't have uh, the person playing won't have killed every single person like it's every man for himself i think there's teams as well uh it's every man for himself uh it, and then somehow he'll be in this little teeny circle that's maybe only you know a couple yards across like less than a football field, it'll be him and one other person left alive, and they won't know where each other is because it'll be like long grass or maybe trees or one's hiding behind a rock or or one's in a building. Uh, yeah, just sort of fascinating things seemingly can happen. So I uh, recommend checking that out just from an exciting gameplay to watch perspective, folks. It was a good episode, I think. Although I never can tell because I never get any feedback because nobody listens to this. It's nice to be nice to the nice. Done and done. And I mean done. Done and done. <laughs> I like Ron. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. But. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper